0: And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast.
1: I sense a disturbance in the force. You always sense a disturbance in the force. I don't like this. No! 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 no
0: oh, really pissed me off. Oh no! <laughs> it's a trap!
1: And now, together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell.
0: I love you. Hello, and welcome to the first Star Wars Monthly Monday of 2012. This is Star Wars Monthly Monday number 37, and I am Scott Gardner, joined as always by my bestest friend, Chris Honeywell.
1: Hi. <laughs> So how are your holidays, freak? Ah, pretty uneventful, like just like I like them. I mean, I can't tell you what my New Year's was like cuz it hasn't happened yet even though this has come out. probably just like the day. this is like coming out like New Year's Day or some, somewhere right around there on the Monday. Yeah, so everybody listening has a wicked hangover. Hey, <laughs> <Are you PJs? laughs> But uh yeah, I, you know me, I'm not a very christmasy guy. And and I had my ideal christmas this year. I got one christmas card and zero christmas presents, which was one more christmas card than I sent out and the exact number of christmas presents that I sent out. So it's almost perfect. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Actually, I got a, I got stuff for you, but I not I does I just decided not to send it for christmas because just to be a dick, but, uh, (laughs) it's working, but I got, you know, I got some, I got, I had some fun, fun Christmas times this year for, for some reason this Christmas, and you know me, I don't really like Christmas music either, but I, I, for some reason I listened to the Star Wars Christmas in the Stars a lot this year, and I've come to the conclusion that that record is really underrated. All those Christmas songs are really good little goofy Christmas songs for kids, and they're really catchy.
0: Dude, I have been saying this for years, that, that I think that that is actually a really the, good Christmas album. Really and people just laugh best. like they think I'm making a joke, but I really do. Come on, it's no worse than some of them that are out there, like you know, the, the California no, there was, Raisins. There was some and... time
1: put into it, and the songs are very catchy and well-written. And mm-hmm. and it's funny, my roommate. I I don't know what these people. You know, okay. My roommate's lived with me for mm, three years now, so he knows I do a Star Wars podcast and a Star Trek podcast, and I got Star Wars junk strewn all over the place. Comes in my room like like he like it's a brand new discovery, and is just like, dude, did you know there's a Star Wars Christmas record? I'm just like yes, <laughs> Christmas in the Stars, and then of course I had to counter with, but did you know, right, the John about bon, bon Jovi? Yeah. And it's funny because <laughs> lately there's been a sort of trend on the internet for people just to declare someone dead. I don't know if it's someone they just wish was dead or they just try to pick a random person and see how many people they get, can get to believe that that person's dead. But right around Christmas time, it was it was John Bon Jovi. I saw a couple things on Facebook where someone was like, "R.I.P. John Bon Jovi," and you know, it takes like thirty seconds to do a little Yahoo Google search to see if there, if he's really dead. And but I I made the point of every one of those I saw, you know, going and you know in tribute to John Bon Jovi, I will now post his finest work ever and uh, and would put up a link to R two D two. We wish you a merry Christmas. <laughs> Which I will honestly say—is that him singing the lead on that? I think no. I think he's. I think he's like the lead in the chorus of Kids. You know, I don't think he's. I don't know. He might be the lead. You know, but I. Isn't it pretty much Anthony Daniels singing like is the lead of that song? And then it has he's, like a chorus the of lead kids. He's
0: most of the album, but on that particular one, it, there's there's a male him. like, I would say like a well, not really a kid, probably like like early teens, maybe like a like yeah. you know, like a young man leading the, the the song in that one. And I've often wondered if that's it's him. Probably him. him yeah.
1: I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I got you know, I got my I got a chance to spread that around. Um And that was about as Christmas y as it got for for me. More Star Wars y than Christmassy, which is the way I like it. <laughs> Not really much. I got I, I got caught up on almost I think I'm pretty much caught up on the Clone Wars Of uh you know, season three of the Clone Wars, just watching those, so someday three
0: or four four whatever the newest one is is it four yeah Yeah. you believe i have not watched the first
1: episode yet oh it's it's better than three there's some there's some moments to it but yeah we we we, what we got to do is catch up on those sometime soon and get old todd grady back on here and i know uh, i know get ourselves caught up whether it's a special or we start doing it again or whatever but we're getting lazy We're getting lazy. We're just busy. We're getting lazy (laughs) and super productive at the same time. So, for every lazy tutu freak show you hear, that just means that there's some little extra effort going into something else, right? um, Soon, because I'm telling you guys, we're planning on just stuffing our feed as full of programming as we possibly can very soon. So, yep, yep. We're
0: just gonna max it on out. I'm gonna throw a lot more stuff to the wall and see what sticks.
1: <laughs> Run more up to flagpole, use salutes. <laughs> Salute! Salute! God, I loved Hee Anyway, no he- oh, Hee in Star Wars. Yeah, it's usually Star Trek that we bring up Hee and so. <laughs> well, I only had just a couple
0: of things for the preamble part of this. Uh, one of them, which is a big deal is uh, the Star Wars Weekend dates for 2012 were announced a little while back, and I just kind of was lax in, uh, in throwing it out there on the show. Plus, we were just busy with other projects and stuff. But for 2012, the uh, Star Wars Weekend dates are May 18th through the 20th, May 25th through the 27th, which, you know, May 25th is the, uh, you know, the Star Wars anniversary for a number of the films. Uh, June 1st through the 3rd, and June 8th through the 10th. So uh, I want to see if we can get a little something going on the forum where maybe uh, some Two True Freaks listeners will be uh, headed to one or more of those events. Maybe we can do some sort of a meetup type of thing. But we definitely want to do some sort of meetup, and we do have a thread currently going for this. As it gets closer and closer, we really want to be uh, playing this up and making a big deal out of it, and hopefully really creating an event of our own, and that is for Star Wars Celebration six. Now uh, Star Wars Celebration is a biannual gathering of uh, of Star Wars nerds from all over the globe, and uh, this you know this coming year this coming August, you know, I'm fortunate enough that it's actually coming back to Orlando because I missed it the last time it was here and just, it was just killing me that I couldn't go. Well, come hell or high water, I'm going this year. So I want to try to make an event. I know that you're uh, planning to come down. We're we're really going to try to uh, make a real big deal out of this, you know, for, for two true freaks. I mean it's already a big deal in itself for Star Wars world, but I mean I really want to see if we can create like a, a two true freaks event within the event. You know what I mean? Get get some of our friends and listeners together and uh, and really do it up and have some fun and have meetups and all that sort of thing. Hang out and
1: well and just have fun. Anybody who thinks that it's a possibility that they're going to go go to our, you know, our our forum site and uh we have a we it's stickied up there isn't it now we have a we have a whole forum thread yes. about this this whole thing to where you know people can talk about their plans and i figure the uh, the more people we could get together and planning together we can uh and and the more people we get involved working together and pooling stuff it, you know we could end up saving money for everybody you know what i mean and making making it easier Cause God knows, I I'm sure I don't know any of our at least if there's any of our listeners who are like fabulously rich, they aren't letting <laughs> on, <laughs> which is right. very smart of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? I mean, it's it's travel and and all that stuff is really expensive. So you know, the more the more people we can get involved in, sort of everybody talking. You know, and I'd like this eventually to lead up to where we have a few, you know, maybe Skype conversations, where we start, we we start planning out some.
0: That's not a bad idea some, at all. Some
1: fun, and you know, getting because you can't get the logistics for stuff like this together too early. There's just no such thing as too early. I mean, right. it's it's August. August seems like it's a long way away, but it's less than a year away. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's goes by at all. Yeah,
1: that time goes by really
0: fast. So it will be here before we know it. So between now and August, listeners, be prepared to hear us go on and on and on about Star Wars Celebration Six because we really, really, really want to make a big deal out of this as far as uh, two true freaks and, and creating an event for for you, our listeners that are uh, hoping, planning, or just kind of. Maybe just thinking about going to the event. Uh, yeah, let's let's make that happen. I want to I want to really have a, a massive Two True Freaks meet up mini event within the event at this thing. So we will be uh, working towards that as the year progresses.
1: We got anything else before we uh, get into uh, before we march into the, the big main, event? Main, the big event. Now here we're being a little lazy. We're only going to do one. One issue, but I'm really glad we're sort of back to the format of our show, you know, where uh, we do a con. We've been doing uh, commentaries and just sort of special stuff lately. So yeah, this is sort of a return to. It's it's a return in in a couple ways because it's sort of a re- it's the return back to the Star Wars continuity after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So it's sort of the beginning of. It's it's sort of the beginning of. Well, really, the beginning of the end of Marvel Star Wars. See, that's what
0: I was going to say. Is that I'm both really, really glad. Anytime you and I get sit down, I mean, we do so many projects now. You know, both both together and solo. We have so many irons uh, in the fire. But whenever it comes round to this, this is always where I, I get that that warm sp- feeling in my belly. You know what I mean? Because this to me is the basis of two true freaks when we first started to talk about creating a podcast and and even before we had a name this is what we talked about doing was marvel star wars that was the very first thing on the agenda well if we're going to do a podcast this is definitely something we want to talk about i remember that being pretty much the genesis of two true freaks every time we come back around to this it just feels like ah you know this is what it's all about so yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad. I'm really happy we're coming back around to that. But at the same rate, you you hit the nail on the head. There's also for me a, a great sadness because this does herald the, the beginning of the end. I mean, you know, we're post Jedi now. And now it come, you know, it's it's that ride to, you know, there's only so many issues left. 107's it, you know. So and it's now we're on that we're on that final leg of the journey. You know what I mean? And it's and it's going to be kind of bittersweet. It's one
1: of those I, things where you know it, th- it, this could be the ultimate freedom of it because now they don't have to worry about messing up. You know, they they got all the characters are freed up for them to do stuff with, and there's not another movie in the in the wings. And it it could go either way, and it ended up being not really a, a freeing thing, you know. Lucasfilm still right. was was pretty much you know meddling in this in the stories and stuff. So you see a lot of struggling here, trying to for of them trying to do something with the story. But in some ways, there's some of the best stuff is coming up here. There's some yeah. really interesting and fun and and. There's some beautiful art coming up, and yeah. Well, as I've said many times, you know, the,
0: this series, I've I've heard it dogged a lot over the years and made fun of and, and overly criticized, and a lot of it, I feel, is, is very undeserved. But the two eras that seem to get the bulk of the criticism is the initial era, you know, the the Carmine Infantino stuff especially because of the R and because it was just it, it was you know it was kind of the the wild frontier days of Star Wars right. before there was a lot of continuity to to work with and work from so they were kind of winging it and in a certain aspect we're kind of back to that with this this is the other era that gets dogged a lot because it's post the movies and uh and I think a lot of people, up until fairly recently, people didn't really understand. Well, why didn't they talk about this? And why didn't they go in this direction? They didn't realize how Marvel's hands were so badly tied by Lucasfilm. But just as I tried to do with that earlier era, I'm really going to try to to bring the love and bring the defense of this era because while we, you know, granted we'll get some wacky stuff, I think there's some really good. This is some of the best. Along. Some
1: of the best stuff is in here. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing is. Is I I I can see the the early and some of the mid stuff as as being stuff to dog, but not that, that I remember when this was coming out. I remember both of us were like, you know, I mean, there would be the occasional issue. We would be like, eh, yeah, whatever. But there, you know, we were like, hey, this is getting interesting. Hey, they're trying new stuff, and you know, right. we were just like, wow, this is great. You know, Star Star Wars is now sort of becoming more of a. It was becoming more of a established marvel comic and and you know going through the changes that marvel comics do as they do when they last for a long time and then it was over <laughs> it was starting right. to act like it was going to be around for an awful long time and then it was done so it's 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 a very straight and as you said bittersweet um yeah. run of of, uh, and so, you know, maybe we should do more episodes with one or two at a time just to milk this out so we don't have to leave the Marvel right. Universe so quickly. <laughs> Not to be lazy, but I just don't want to leave the Marvel Universe just yet, you know? Right. I feel exactly the
0: same way, I really do. Well, you uh you have the synopsis for this one. Yes I do. But I'm milking it.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: long ago, in a galaxy far, far away. There exists a state of cosmic civil war. A brave alliance of underground freedom fighters has challenged the tyranny and oppression of the awesome Galactic Empire. This is their story. Stan Lee presents Star Wars. The greatest space fantasy of all.
1: So today we are doing the first post-Jedi Star Wars. It's Star Wars number eighty-one. March of 1984, sixty cents on the cover, and the cover is uh, Palmer beautifully painted uh, cover. This this comic has the honor of being my most duplicated Star Wars comic of all. For some reason, I have like four or five copies of this Star Wars comic. Every time oh, wow. every time I would buy a lot of Star Wars comics like on eBay or something for some reason i would get this comic and i've got ones where people have like put mustaches on han solo and stuff that's how many of them i have <laughs> uh, you know magic marker on the cover all right the covers by pop that would make a mirror universe han solo <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> so we got joe duffy is uh, script and plot ron friends breakdown Palmer and mandrake finished mandrake the magician of course joe <laughs> Risen, letterer glennis wine colorist and, uh, what is, it's funny, um, it, with the Star Trek comic that we're going to be doing this month, I noticed the, the colorist on that one was, like, I think Marv Wolfman's wife. So, like, all these, like, guys are married, like, married to their colorists. Right. There's a, <laughs> co- comic artists who are married to a colorist lady. Um, Louise Jones is the editor, and Jim Shooter is the editor chief. And this time we get the return of Han Solo, which is somehow titled Jawas of Doom, (laughs) which everybody was hoping that we would get some more Jawas here pretty soon. So Han Solo is back, and we meet up with him pretty much immediately after Jedi the movie ends at the uh, Ewok party. And uh, the Rebels are victorious, but Han sort of has some troubles of his own. Um... He's arguing with uh, what has to be probably the biggest douchebag rebel that we've met yet in the Star Wars <laughs> comics or even in the Star Wars movies. Let's just call him Fat Red-Headed Luke Skywalker.
0: Yes. And apparently
1: he's got a little Pete Hesh in him too. He's he's, he's kind of Hesh-esque. Appar- I kind of imagine he was, like, Porkin's younger brother
0: or something like that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And this guy looks kind of like a loser. And and uh, apparently Han's asked him for a loan, but uh, he still owes him money from the last time he asked him for a loan. And this guy doesn't give a shit. Who saved the Rebellion? He wants his five bucks. So this puts uh, Han in kind of a pissy mood and... Uh, <laughs> leia offers to help help him and lend you know lend him some money but that you know that pisses him off even more because he's too independent damn it he's his own man so uh in order to uh prove that he packs up leia and r2 to for a little side trip to clear out an old bank account that he's had on wait for it tattooing meanwhile on said planet the Jawas have found a mysterious Boba Fett-shaped pile of sand, dusted it off, and brought him back to their sand crawler, believing him to be some kind of crappy robot that the uh, Sarlacc has puked out. <laughs> Meanwhile, things aren't working out too good for Han. His uh, tattooing bank account is frozen, because apparently that's what they do to your bank account when you get frozen in carbonite. Even though really I didn't know being frozen in carbonite was even a thing. I thought it hadn't even really been attempted before. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever. They froze his bank account. So pissed again, he does what any reasonable man would do and he grabs Leia and goes for a drink. So of course it looks like they go right to the of, the same Moss Eisley cantina. Yes, there's only one. Yes, there's only one can- one place to drink. So that's where they go. So just as they're about, you know, they're having a little moment, and just as they're about to lock lips at the bar, uh, Leia has an idea. And I hate it when women do that, you know? They're all like, ooh, you're cute, let's make out. Wait, hey, I got an idea, let's do something else besides make out. Um, so she has... <laughs> Get the <swat>. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. So he has, <laughs> she has an idea. I'm not bitter at all. We're going to use R2 to quote-unquote fix Han's bank account since R2 talks computer. And and just as a little side note, I think R2-D2 is kind of like the like sexy-talking Isaac Hayes or, um, oh, what's a Barry White of computers where he just plugs in and goes, Hey, baby, I know you ain't supposed to be uh, letting Han Solo take any money out, but what if I give you a little bit of this? Wow <laughs> and everything's all fixed. <laughs> yeah baby. So anyway they're gonna the, so of course we'll use R2 to to unfreeze his account. So when they go back to pick up R2 at the uh, at the falcon uh, they find him gone and tiny Jawa sized footprints all around. So they put two and two together and decide they have to go after the Jawa. so they steal a couple, wait for it. land speeders. And chase down the sand crawler at the same time that the, uh, wait for it. Sand people attack it. So, yeah, we're hitting all the tattooing things. Oh, did I tell you the sand people were on Banthas also? So, I guess there's, Tattooing's very limited. It has one city, a couple kinds of animals... Uh, We haven't seen Greedo yet, so that's good. So, um, anyway, where was I? So they're chasing down the land speeder. The Sand People are attacking it, and Han manages to get in the ship, finds R2, who's, who's been in the ship and has seen Boba Fett, who's also in the ship. They still think he's a robot. I don't know why they put a restraining bolt on R2, but they haven't tried to put one on Boba Fett yet and really pissed him off, but they haven't. So Han finds himself face-to-face with Boba Fett, and then we find out Boba has no memory of what's going on. Is he's, he's somehow traumatized from being swallowed by the Sarlacc. He's, he's confused, and he's got space amnesia or whatever, and doesn't recognize Han. And so he actually helps Han hoist R2 up out of the Sandcrawler, and... Just when Han is about to, you know, be like, "Ah, I can't let this guy stay in the Sandcrawler. I'm going to help hoist him out. That's when Fed, of course, remembers who Han Solo is. Oh, did I mention he remembers who Han Solo is? Because Leia is repeatedly just screaming his name over and over and over again. He only gets a couple shots off, though, as the Sandcrawler plunges into the... Wait for it... Sarlacc Pit. And that pretty much solves all of our problems, except we never find out if Ahan ever gets his money, which was the point of going there in the first place. So, I, I know there was a little bit of a sarcastic synopsis, but I actually enjoyed this this issue. Big, glaring plot holes. Yes. Or not. I, I really enjoyed the art. I love... This is the second time they've given a sort of return of Han Solo splash page that looks exactly like Harrison Ford. The last one, he was on a wanted poster, but this one, they got the whole, you know, that whole expression of like, hey, it's me, you know. I like that. I I like that. That's the
0: opening splash is, is Han, you know, with hands on his chest going, it's me. And it's
1: like, yeah, okay, this is cool. And uh I think it's just I think it's just the most ridiculous contrivance. This is Han Solo, and I know we think of him as being a big deal because he's a star of the movie, but I'm sure the rebellion thinks of him as being a big deal too. And uh you know, pretty much the rebellion owes its life to him a couple, three, four, five times. So that this guy doesn't want to lend him, you know, five hundred credits or something what a douchebag you know <laughs> and, and he's still sweating the you know the five bucks that he owns it owes him i mean honestly you know well,
0: yeah there should have been a line in here with him saying something like you know hey dick weed you know without me you'd be, you'd be you know, dead a, a pile of free-floating atoms around yavin somewhere in- exactly you know? a bit of gratitude
1: <laughs> yeah and, and instead han solo is the guy who owes me five bucks you know Fuck you, man. It's a matter of principle. It's a matter of principle. Whatever. <laughs> so that's a little ridiculous. But nonetheless amusing. I love the artwork because there's all these just shots of Ewoks wandering by and watching the whole you know whole thing with like little looks of bewilderment as these two guys are yelling at each other. The the Ewoks are just sort of like dum dum to dum Wow, these humans are morons. And uh yeah, I, I, yeah, but shouldn't they be out and, and, and hunting and gathering though? No, I, I mean, think they're still yeah. celebrating. I think this is still sort of the party. I think this is like, you know, I'm thinking this party might go on for a co- that's a couple three days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and to tell you the truth, tribal living like this is pretty much you can you can slack off quite a bit, you know, once you get your little infrastructure. Left, you just have to, yeah, you have to go in the woods and get some food. But, you know, they probably got a few little forest creatures, you know, domesticated around to throw on the fire for days when they want to. Hey, come on, man. They just defeated the Empire. They they, they, they have, you know, they have a little slack. <laughs> they killed the fatted,
0: fatted calf just for this occasion. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm sure
1: they killed a lot of fatted calves. I'm sure there's still a lot of Stormtrooper flesh to be uh, consumed, too. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of long pig out there, you know. Although I w- there should have been a shot of Han eating, like you know,
0: chowing down on a bone and going, "Hey, you know, this is pretty. What is this anyway? This is good stuff."
1: <laughs> it turns out it's jerked stormtrooper. Yeah, exactly. And they all taste the same too, because they're all cloned. You know, that's what I hate about that cloned meat is there's no variation <laughs> in it. It all tastes like the same guy. Space chicken. so boring. Yeah. <laughs> and and I like that Wedge makes an appearance in this although the two different pictures of Wedge, they're side by side and he looks almost completely different in each one mm-hmm. one he's got like weird parted hair and like he looks like kind of like your Uncle Ronnie he's kind of got that like, girl. the
0: first one he looks like Bruce Jenner the second one he looks like George
1: Harrison <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> but it's good to see Wedge you know thrown in there just as a a little aside, and you can see how oh I just oh, I'm you sorry. can see how cool Wedge is because he's so cool that he gets to put his arm around Luke and be like, hey buddy. Just in that first panel though, in between that
0: the first panel and second panel, Luke told him, don't touch me.
1: <laughs> <It's> that second one <laughs> he's not.
0: I just noticed that Luke is not wearing a black glove on his uh, on his buying a can. So right. I'm gonna have to watch in future issues whether that comes back or not. Because I honestly don't remember. So maybe he got it repaired overnight, I guess? Oh, well, maybe. I do not know. Well, plus in, in this continuity, you know, as we saw in the adaptation, he got shot in the palm of the hand. So maybe, maybe uh, he's not wearing a glove, but he still has that giant crater in his hand that was in the adaptation. And we're, we just can't see
1: it because we're
0: seeing the back of his
1: hand yeah he might just like to mess with people like you know the people who have fake eyes and like to take their glass eye out just to <laughs> make the kids scream every once in a while. David, put your glove back on that
0: creeps me out
1: <laughs> <laughs> What else you got on this one well it i i I really like the art for the most part. the art's really nice. There's some weird stuff like um when the falcon first takes off, that's not the best drawn falcon rendered falcon i've ever seen and then there's yeah. a picture of princess leia that looks like it got traced out of the al williamson empire adaptation basically yeah i mean it on that same on page? That same page it looks like i yeah. mean that picture the way the like shadow goes across her face it's almost as if it was cut out of like it, it I, I i i don't have the two to put side by side but it almost looks like it was you know you know, copy right from there. Um mm-hmm. I like that they they got the Boba Fett thing out of the way again, you know, okay, let's you know, because everybody who saw Jedi was like, why didn't Boba Fett just use his rocket to fly out of out of the Sarlacc? And so they say, okay, he did and and at the end they put him right back into the Sarlacc. So if there's ever any future boba fett in a movie or something you know it's he's back in the same place at the end of the episode you know it's a little right. stupid but whatever i i don't know if a sarlacc would survive having a uh, a full sand crawler dumped down its gullet somehow i don't <laughs> think it would be very good for it but or and and or not and also not necessarily fatal for boba fett but Eh, whatever. <laughs> From everything I've ever read, though, this is how they got
0: away with with doing this story and right. using Boba Fett. Is that yes, they took him out of the box when they weren't supposed to, but they put him right back where right, they found him. Right, and that's
1: kind of how they got away with mm-hmm. it. I'm sure I could see Lucasfilm saying, "Look, Boba Fett's got to stay in the Sarlacc's pit." So they said, "Okay, or you know, or, he's got to be in the Sarlacc's pit." So they just so, how can we get him out, and how can we get him back in? right and uh although i liked that there was sort of a little reversal from the star wars christmas special animation with boba fett not knowing who han was and and a sort of fake friendship being uh being launched it was sort of a nice it, turnabout from the way he did them in uh on that weird water world in that cartoon it's really funny you say that because that's one of my last notes. Was
0: that in a weird way? This kind of reminded me of the animated segment of the holiday specials. Mm-hmm. So it's
1: really funny you say that because I had the same vibe. Mm-hmm. They get that the it gets. I I don't know if um, you know Joe Duffy was aware of that when she when she did that. But yeah, you know I mean there's uh, just a lot of our complaints about tattooing are. Are in here is just everything is, you know. You got Moss Isley, you got s- Land Speeders, you know, Jawa, Sand People, the Sarlacc, you know, just everything that you could associate with tattooing, more or less, is, <laughs> is, is on here, you know. And, uh, you know, with the whole universe, it's just sort of like, ah, oh, okay. You know, we're back to this this world. You know, we, world we know so much about. But at the same time, it kind of works because it's bringing it's it's this 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 is kind of a throwback to some of the older, just fun issues of this of this um comic. You know what I mean? It, this reminds me of a lot of some of the Infantino stuff. You know, the better aspect of the Infantino stuff, where it's just a. You know, it mainly is a series of chases and uh, and little adventures. You know, right? And they give give Han Solo a little bit of motivation insofar as you know he's like, okay, what am I gonna do? I want to support myself. I don't want my rich girlfriend paying for everything, and uh, you know, I want to for you know maintain my identity as as Han Solo, rogue and adventurer. And so he goes out and has a little adventure, but he takes his girlfriend with him. But uh, <laughs> and it's it's really funny. You can see the um that there's two different inkers. You can see the parts inked differently just by the way that the faces are rendered. As- yeah,
0: I can actually see exactly where it switched over mm-hmm. to. That mm-hmm. that's the the funny part. Is that it's Ray? The pages in this are not numbered, unfortunately. But you've got the page where Han comes storming out of the uh, the bank office or whatever it is, right? And he and Leia are talking, and everything. And the panel on that page ends with Leia holding his hand, and then the beginning of the next page is where they're about to kiss, and instantly you can see the switch over from, uh, from uh, Palmer inking friends to Mandrake. Yes. Inking friends, and it's see, I like Tom Mandrake, so I don't want to. I don't want to badmouth him. I think he's a, a fine artist. I really enjoy his stuff. However, Mandrake inking friends, I'm not sold on that. I have to be honest. It
1: ends up well. It, it makes me think that Ron Friends might be a very, um, very basic penciler because, really, his pencils sort of soak up the style of whoever's inking him. You know, so mm-hmm. the so the better the inker, the better the artist inking him, the more and, and the and but at the same time what really changes with this is the the Mandrake's face, the way he draws eyes and it reminds me of Elfquest. Do you remember the, yes. the peonies yeah. in and Elfquest his faces yeah. remind me of characters in Elfquest, especially uh, that frame you're talking about that switch over that first shot of princess leia where with her eyes open and her mouth open is a very elf quest looking person and there's a shot several pages later where han is on the land speeder and he's sort of speeding on the land speeder but he's got the the um blur lines around him yeah and you could just see the the mandrake style of you know coming through on that and the way that uh the shadowing is inked on Princess Leia's face. It's a much more fluid. It's and rounded. Although friends sort of has a fluid and rounded style himself. Mandrake's got a more fluidy, um, sort of look to his his faces and characters too. And you, and you really see it. it. It comes out looking really. What I what I really like about Mandrake's stuff is the way he does details of like dust clouds. Or um, explosions and stuff. He right. he does a really nice. That also reminds me of some of the early um, issues of this. You know, um, like oh, more mostly like issue three and stuff where you had some really detailed inking and stuff in right. there. So I, I I like that aspect of it. I like the whole uh, Boba Fett having amnesia and 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 teaming up with Han Solo. I think that's kind of cool, especially since Han Solo actually stands on his back. You know, Boba Fett actually bends down and lets Han Solo stand on his back and then hands him up R2. (laughs) And, and And it fits in with the, you know, the whole continuity of Boba Fett's supposed to be some badass, but he always goes out like a chump. Just... It just never works out for him, you know? I think maybe yeah, having your dad decapitated was just like a bad luck... Thing that haunted him for the rest of his. It was worse than breaking a mirror, you know. Although he does, he gets to yell solo as he falls into the into. This is an, almost a pornographic scene too, because well, the sound effects going into the sarlacc and all that. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. But. I don't know. I like it. I think it's a nice. I, I I'm glad that they didn't get too serious for their back. You know, we're back. We're back in action now. You know what I mean. No more spinning our gear wheels, waiting for the new movie. We got the new movie. We got it ad- ad- adapted and out of the way, and we're we're back in business. So I like it. I like it as a, as a the. We're doing it as sort of a single issue because it's got its its you know its own little story and
0: well this this was a big deal when it came out mm-hmm. this issue because you know it was it was the first post Return of the Jedi issue Han was back and not only is he back but this is pretty much uh, you know Han's story you know what I mean it's it's he and Leia
1: going off to kind of to do their thing together which. And you had all these. You, you. It's like you know. For a while, we had Star Wars without Han Solo, and we had Star Trek without Spock. And it's weird, you know. It doesn't. Yeah. Those weird little. Those weird little time periods where that happened, and and, you know, eventually they both came back. And this is Han Solo. Well, you know, Jedi was officially Han Solo coming back, but this is the comic. Return. What's funny too is that, back when this would have first come out
0: this would have felt like really big with, you know, now now Han and Leia are officially together. And I'm sure that that's the, the, the area of the story that I really focused on. Yet now, knowing what I know about it, I can't help but focus on how they're together, but they're not really together. And it's kind of standoffish because that, again, well, was it's a, almost Lucas like dictate. They really couldn't play with that relationship beyond the fact that, They're kind of boyfriend and girlfriend, but you can't take it further than that. They
1: they set them back to the point of where it's like... You know, I mean, where they're like... They're beyond the point where they liked each other, but they wouldn't admit it. Now they've admitted it. But they're sort of at that, like... Maybe, you know, they set them sort of back to Cloud City when they first arrived at Cloud City. Where it's first, like, where they both know that they like each other. They both, you know... But I mean they should be they should be building the beast with two backs by now. They should be like <laughs> you know, really really starting to like hook up because now what the hell? What else do they have to do? You know. They just beat the empire. Okay, now we can, you know, have a we can start our relationship. And uh we should be doing it Ewok style. And 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 it's more it's back to, you know, Han Solo's character has definitely uh and it's funny because what we were talking about before in in the last couple episodes, while well, you were talking about it mostly, was you know Han Solo and how he react, you know how his character had grown and expanded until he just became sort of comedy relief because he had nowhere to go for Jedi, and you know, and talking about Han's. Um, you know now that he underst- you know he understands that the force actually exists and has seen it in action how do you go backwards from there they did they sort of took his character backwards and made him back into you know a less uh, more of the scoundrel character than the mature han solo that right. we didn't necessarily see but we just assumed <laughs> was there and i think you know it was something that harrison ford you know, it wasn't overt, but Harrison Ford did, you know, project a little more maturity to Han Solo, even though he was comedy relief, and even though Harrison Ford wasn't really into that movie, it sort of came off as that. As as this, this Han Solo wasn't at the end of this movie. Han Solo wasn't going to be all like, "All right, give me some money. See you guys later, Leah It's been it was right. fun, you know, but I got to go. You know, it looked like he was going to like sort of commit to the to the rebellion and Leia and you know uh, he was a general you know he's a military man now and he has rank and everything so that was another thing about this as a general he should, probably should have a salary <laughs> of some sort uh, you know so i don't know i, I the, the more you know as long as we pick at it we can keep finding <laughs> Well, speaking of picks...
0: Oh, good. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, do have, I do have some notes, and many of these probably will fall into the area of nitpick. Right off the bat, Jawas of Doom, <laughs> kind of a lame title. Yes. What I really would have liked, although um, it wasn't in the American comics, there was a story in the Marvel UK Star Wars uh, that was caught right after the first Star Wars movie. They did a story called The Day After the Death Star. I would have loved to have seen the title of this be something like the day after the Death Star Redux or something like that. Because this is literally like the morning after Return of the Jedi. That's right. This picks up because there's several, several different characters mentioned, you know, that what a party those Ewoks through or something like that. You know, so this is literally supposed to be the very next day. By the way, I love the cover on this. I mean, not only is it a really dynamic cover with you know Han and Chewie and Leia and the droids and the Jawas and all that, and you got the Falcon up in the corner, but you've got that classic shot of Boba Fett. This would make an awesome T-shirt. Yes. I would love to get a T-shirt of this. It's a beautiful painted cover. And uh, Palmer's really good at this because he did some Avengers covers that were like this too um, later on that were painted covers that are just gorgeous. But I really like that. I, uh, you know, again, I like that opening page with Han, you know, pointing to himself and saying, hey, it's me. And I was struggling as I was reading this to try to put my mind back to to how I felt about this when this came out in 84. And I really don't remember how I felt about Han being back at the time. I, I imagine I was probably pretty excited about it. But now, reading this, you know, all these years later, kind of knowing where things are headed, and and having really, really grown fond of that in betweener period, I gotta be honest. Now I'm kind of I'm kind of sad. Not so much to see Han Solo come back, but just to see this really conclusively puts an end to the Hanless era. You know that we were covering because I liked the dynamic that we'd eventually developed. I love the interplay with lando and chewy and the quest for han solo and we had rick and danny and just i liked where things i liked you know that you kind of had lando and Chewie off doing their adventures and then you had luke and leia and sometimes the droids off doing their adventures and so sometimes you you, you dynamic of, of almost like two different teams yeah going out there and having their and i liked that and you know although i like where we're headed and everything having Han back in the mix in a way kind of throws that dynamic. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, we never even get the name of this guy that Han is arguing with, <laughs> which I thought was kind of odd, but uh, I love how in their little one station right there, it, it basically uh, encapsulates everything from like the Hoth battle through the end of return of the Jedi, just in the dialogue, I thought, well, that's, that was actually a very clever way to basically catch you up on the story between the two movies. If somehow you missed something, right. Um, the pages aren't numbered, but if you flip from the, the opening splash to the third page, it's the one where, uh, Leia comes out and surprises Han. She grabs him around the waist I just want to say for that panel, just that one panel, the part of Princess Leia will be played by Henry Henry Winkler.
1: Oh, my God, you're right. Hey. Hey, (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I might have to do a little... For Sarah Jessica Parker, one of the two. I might have to do a little Photoshop on that, put a little leather (laughs) jacket on there, and we're off to the movies. Off to the races. (laughs) That shot of, it wouldn't be that uh, hard Han- to turn her f- her hand into the Fon's thumbs up either in that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey. shot Mr. Of Han- S. Coming-
0: <laughs> of Han coming across the Falcon in the clearing is awesome, but right away it jumped out at me. Um, where did he get a spare space
1: antenna that quick? That was another thing he was like, Yeah, he, he went and beat, and it looks out none the worse aware and I'm like this is I this would have been a great scene for him to go like hey where's my radar dish? Oh right. god damn it where's my radar dish? You know? <laughs> that would have been a that would have been a cool little scene, you know.
0: Now it's confession time. <sighs> I hate to have to admit it, but I I have to be honest. All right, page five. Fourth panel. Now I love this this very moody lighting here when Han walks into the darkened in Falcon and he makes his way to the cockpit, and then in the fourth panel he reaches up and he says, "Well, I'll be," he says, "They're still hanging left them the dice I won her with," and I remember I distinctly remember the first time I read this issue going, "That's stupid. There's no dice in the Millennium Falcon." I had seen, by this point, the original Star Wars like about a zillion times. 84 billion times. I had never, ever noticed in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. So I remember reading this and going, that's dumb. And then the very next time I watched Star Wars, it suddenly leapt out of the screen and smacked me across the face. The scene where Chewie climbs into the co-pilot seat for the first time in the original Star Wars. And you can clear as day see him knock those dice about. I had never noticed it before. It was this issue that pointed it out to me that there were dice there, and I felt like a royal idiot that I had for some reason. I it just never. So so all of a sudden,
1: something that you thought was really stupid was actually really cool. Yeah,
0: it's actually kind of cool. Yeah, but yeah, that that came back to me as I was reading this issue, and I was going, "Oh, that's right. This is where I learned that there was dice hanging there." and uh, I loved the little moment on that last panel there where uh where it just you know it's a silent panel of uh of chewy hug and han i I thought I liked that I think that's a nice little moment between the two of them. It was just one of those little like aww, kind of moments um jumping way ahead
1: yeah. although I sometimes I, a I have... man's just gotta hug his wookie <laughs> just 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 privately i yeah. don't I, you know I don't need to know about it.
0: Um, privately and in the jump dark ahead. <laughs> jump ahead to page eight but before we get there i just have to note that uh the part with the with the sarlacc tentacle reaching up and, and pulling the bird out of the sky it's kind of neat in an artistic
1: way but i didn't really get the sense that it could do that from yeah well it, it would have been eating a lot was... earlier in return of the jedi if that was the case
0: that's true yeah that's very true and the
1: if it's so much the art or just the coloring
0: on that page. But that page is a little wonky looking, I think, artistically. But uh jumping ahead to page 8. Um that sand crawler is bizarre. It's like a mini sand crawler. It's it's almost like the Jawas are actually using one of those like remote control sand crawler toys that Kenner put out, you know? Yeah. Cuz it's not a full-size sand crawler because you can see where there's actually one little Jawa In the front of the thing,
1: and it's like a little, like... uh, It's like uh, like the size of a... Yeah, it's like the size of a semi-truck, sort of. Right. And I
0: think that's how you could kind of sort of play off the fact that it drives into the Sarlacc at the end. Mm. Because I didn't remember it being like a mini-rig sand crawler. I thought it was like a full-size sand crawler, which is why I always thought... Although I always liked this story, I always thought that element of it was kind of stupid because I thought they literally drove a full size sandcrawler down its gullet. But it turns out it's not. It's just, you know, it's just a mini size. You know, it's a little bit bigger than a land speeder, I guess. And uh but it's still kind of weird. And they never really do explain why
1: are the Jawas using this instead of a real sandcrawler. I always I fi- always figured it was like they had one of these parked in the back of the big sand crawlers or maybe two or three of these parked in the back of the big sand crawlers and that you would go out, fill these up and bring them back. You could go out, fill these up with smaller stuff and bring them back to the main sand crawler and just, you know, reconvene with it. That these were probably smaller and faster, you know what I mean? So they could, you know, cover a little more ground and they were, you know, they were more like a little utility, like a tractor or something. And, and they would send these yeah. guys out to just... Like a shuttlecraft. Yeah, yeah, just go out and fill up with droids and, and reconvene with the main sand crawler and empty out and then go out and look for more, you know? Especially since... And this is another thing that I don't buy. Ever, they're like, ever since Jabba the Hutt died, the, the Jawas have become meaner, you know? They're more aggressive and, <laughs> and meaner and stuff like that and more organized. They're becoming more warlike and organized, so, yeah, sorry, I'm just not going to buy Jawas as badasses. And they're purple now, too. And they are purple now, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> they, they, they've gotten stylish, too. Now they think they're prints. Yeah. <laughs> um, On page – again, the pages
0: aren't numbered, so I had to count the damn things out. But this is page 9. Second panel, we got the uh, dyslexic letterer here for one panel because he says, yes, this is most wisely space speaking <laughs> um that's supposed to be spaceport, but it's it's all messed up <laughs> um page. It's that same page, the last panel right there with the with, with the Millennium Falcon. You see Han and Leia and Archie walking away. The guy that's right underneath the Millennium Falcon looks like Earthworm Jim.
1: Oh, yeah, he does. Or he looks like uh, some sort of weird, like, droid or something. I didn't – you know, it's funny. I, I didn't even look at that as a guy until um, you just pointed it out. Yeah, it's just some <laughs> – um
0: and then when they steal the uh the sand crawlers now I know that this is going to be a really 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 nitpicky note but um it has to be said I thought this model of landspeeder was obsolete yet you know, every, every single one landspeeder has been this model
1: every time it's because George Lucas it's because this is like the 57 Chevy of of land speeders. So George Lucas <laughs> just said, this has to be the only land speeder in it. Cause it's the coolest of the land. Yeah. Well, I know that's the thing is it's like, and, and you notice like a lot of the droids hanging out, like the one droid that's like talking to R2 and, and helping out with the exposition is just like one of the droids that was in the mo in star Wars, you yep. know, in the, yep. in the sand crawler. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I you know I, uh, maybe they couldn't do it, but it's just like or maybe that's why they want to go back to tattooing because they have story elements that they know they can you know they know they can use you know, and without running afoul of Lucas, but you know I mean with a that was one of the one of the joys of Star Wars is you were always going to see some new planet with some new sort of um, you know terrain to it or or circumstance right. you know. I mean, we had a cities in the sky, underwater cities, water planets, ice planets, molten planets, you know, just basically whatever you can, you can forest planets. So the fact that they just have to go to tattooing over and over and over again, especially since it's like supposed to be, basically, it would be like us going to some, you know, like hog hog swallow, you know, Georgia for our vacation every year. <laughs> And it's just some little town, you know, but for some reason, we just keep going back there hoboken, hoboken, you know
0: you're 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 the world's you know coolest adventurers, you helped overthrow you know the planetary government, and you know you're you're the you're the here you can go anywhere, do anything in your awesome, awesome ride, but where do you keep going hoboken yeah, exactly like, why
1: <laughs>
0: why exactly yeah I
1: just don't get it. Well, you know. And, it, and, and and it's not like there's anything exciting on Tatooine. As a matter of fact, it's kind of an armpit. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. And and Luke Luke makes that abundantly it's, clear to us in the very first movie everybody that this lives, is pretty much the middle of nowhere. Everybody
1: lives on Tatooine. Oh my god, it's an armpit. Oh my god, if you see what the crime rates are, they're through the roof. Oh my god, it's fucking hot. Ah, oh, every day it's fucking hot. When does it rain? Never. I fucking hate it. It's boring. <laughs> The only piece of the people that come here are assholes and criminals, you know, yet it just seems to be where everybody ends up over and over again.
0: You know, this is pure, pure 100% speculation. I've never heard any confirmation of this whatsoever, but I can't help but think that we got this particular stories and other stories like it. Because maybe some some money was grease and palms between Kenner and Marvel, you know that somebody somewhere was going, look, man, we got toys to sell here, okay, you know, and so they would do issues like this that would prominently feature, you know, the Land Speeder and well, the Death Star droid. I mean, Kenner and stuff, was
1: actively you know. advertising in Marvel comics at this exact time, yeah. and especially in Star Wars comics. So, oh yeah. And Kenner, let's let's just say this: Kenner was a was a you know uh, I'm trying to think of a delicate way to put this, like the, the cheapest horror on the block. They had so many <laughs> deals with you know I mean there were so many people selling the Kenner toys and you know having you know you'd look in comics and there'd be so many different ways. Once they finally got the action, fi- you know got their shit together and got the action figures going. Everybody and their mother was solid. there. Was some little ad with you know Kenner toys and T-shirts and stuff. So yeah, I I I totally, you know, um, I mean I wouldn't have been surprised if they had come out with at at this point you know a little sand crawler like this. You know, it totally looks like some of the the little um, toys that Kenner made up, you know, on their own. It reminds me. Of the- well, they had that remote control uh, sand uh-huh. crawler
0: I can remember because
1: I always wanted one I always of those, wanted one and that would have been like a
0: little mini rig type of thing.
1: Oh, uh, could you imagine how much fun we would have had with one of those in like the sand dunes down by Carthage Arms and stuff? Oh, oh yeah! Oh my God, we would have been out there every day running our running the sand crawler through the the sand, actual sand. It would look cool.
0: <laughs> I think it was awesome to see Boba Fett again in this story and i love the way he's drawn i even like the way he's portrayed although he doesn't really do all that much he's just kind of wanders around with you know as you said his space amnesia however probably my two biggest just complete like huh moments of this whole issue what what, what? were the one here on uh on page 14 where where r2 is roaming around inside the the sandcrawler and he literally bumps into Boba Fett, and he doesn't realize who it is at first, and the, that Death Star droid's talking to him and telling him, yeah, I, I, we think it's a cyborg or something. And suddenly Boba Fett sits up, and R2 is, you know, helmet to, to dome with Boba Fett. And there's a note in the narration that says, this form, this creature is one the little droid remembers. And we get R2 having a flashback to somewhere to he somebody, wasn't and I uh, can't at all? tell if that's Han Solo or if that's Luke Skywalker, but it's somebody is being captured by stormtroopers and going Boba Fett, and we see Boba there, and I'm thinking, when did this happen? <laughs> what what moment is this supposed to be that he's remembering? Because this never happened to either Han or Luke, because when Han was captured, R2 wasn't there. And Luke was never captured by Boba Fett. So what the hell moment is he remembering here? I'm
1: really surprised that that got past... It's got to be some... All I'm thinking is it's got to be some point that we never saw, like, maybe directly after dinner. You know, with Darth Vader. After they... But
0: R2 wasn't there. I know.
1: I know. Maybe he's just remembering 3PO's story of it, which 3PO wasn't there either. 3PO was blasted into pieces. Yeah, R2 wasn't even on Cloud City at this point in time. <laughs> right. He was he was at best shoved in the back of an X-wing with Luke. Cuz see on a quick glance, he can always panel... remember what happened. Maybe that's R2, maybe that's R2's imagination of what happened on Cloud City. So that's why it's all weird. We're seeing R2's R2's imagination. What's with that stormtrooper in the way background? Does he have a fat lip or something? <laughs> there's some, you know he's definitely not like the other stormtrooper it's like somebody punched him in the face or something <laughs> his face
0: is all swollen yeah up. it's weird what's weird you got you've got two stormtroopers holding on to a prisoner in the background and then boba fett is in the foreground it's a very cool looking panel well, it looks like han and solo in
1: luke's black outfit Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is on a quick glance, it looks like it's Han Solo, but then if you pay attention to what he's actually wearing, it looks like Luke's black Jedi outfit. It, it's so got it a little like, bit of the
1: Star Trek II uniform too in there. It even you can yeah. even see a little Starfleet <laughs> insignia <Sydney laughs> on the on the wrong side.
0: And then the pattern behind them—I don't know if that's supposed to look like the Emperor's window or what—but it looks like a giant spider web, is what it yeah. really looks. it like been captured by Spider-Man. They, Man were, they or were in the space
1: dreamcatcher or something.
0: <laughs> My last note for this, and it's—I know this sounds like I've done nothing but—but—but but, but cut this one down. I do enjoy this. I just don't. Sadly, I didn't think it was as good as when I was a kid. You know, I, I couldn't help but see. This time around, I, I just couldn't help but see the plot holes that were here. And some of them are huge. I mean, and, and probably the biggest one is at the end of the story. All right. So the story resolves with Han Solo basically doing, you know, basically playing Indiana Jones from the end, you know, near the end of Last Crusade, where he jumps off the sand crawler and the sand crawler goes off the cliff. You know, in this case, goes into the mouth of the Sarlacc. And Leia catches up with Han as Han's standing at the edge of the Sarlacc, looking in and going, "Gee, I tried to save him, you know." I, and he feels bad for Boba Fett, which is an element I actually like of the story—that he actually feels bad mm-hmm. for Boba Fett. That's happened to the guy because he tried to save him. And you've got, you know, Han and Leia. Uh, yeah, Han and Leia are standing there in, in R two. And at the end of the story, Han just says, "Oh, well, all right. Well, come on. It's a long way back to Mos Eisley." And that's the end of the story hello, what happened to the sand people that were the, – the sand people were behind this whole thing. They were the ones that were attacking the, the sand crawler and drove it yeah. into the Sarlacc. No, they're So They're not there anymore because
1: it's, it's not convenient for them to be in the story anymore. Exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs> I mean this actually should potentially be a two-parter where
1: Mal'Han no, and Leia,
0: they're really in trouble because now they're stranded in the middle of the desert – With a Sarlacc on one side and a a tribe of pissed off sand people on the other side, how are they going to get out of this? And we're not going to get that part of the story because we we go to something completely different next issue. So I was a little bit frustrated with that at the end of it because this is – they do this sort of thing in comics a lot where – by not having something in the panel for you know a couple of pages, it just
1: doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, it doesn't exist. All of
0: a sudden, it just you're supposed to just completely forget. It's very childlike,
1: actually. That's very childlike. You know, if you don't see it, it for is. for long enough, you're it's it doesn't exist. Yeah, so it goes away. Yeah, and you know, and that's not the
0: case at all because we had seen the uh, the Sand People pursuing the uh, sand crawler pretty much right up to the moment that it goes
1: in the Sarlacc. So what happens? Well, there's a weird frame where, you know, when um, she's like, you know, there's somebody chasing their sand people. And then, this is what's really weird. It's got a thought balloon, but the thought balloon is, go- the little dots are coming from the top left side of the screen, which, if you recall, I think Leia is is off her off her um what call her land speeder now, mm-hmm. so I guess it's Leia in the sand thinking it, and she's like, those Jawas are no fools, they're abandoning the sand crawler now that their enemies have been routed, and it's like so this so oh. so it's basically saying the sand people have been routed, but you don't see the sand people get routed at all, right, because the panel before that they they are she's like they're she, attacking them
0: she's like yeah she's warning uh han inside the sandcrawler that they're being attacked by sand people but yeah you're right i i think i guess i missed this part where she does she says oh yeah look at these you know basically the jawas are abandoning the sandcrawler like rats deserting a sinking ship now that their enemies are. so what routed
1: them the, the the jawas should i mean if anything the jawas should be running to into their doom at the hands of the at the sand people, you know, you would think the <laughs> sand people would kick Jawas' asses. No doubt that the Jawas' only defense would be, you know, to stay in a heavily armed sand crawler. So, yeah, it, it's just very poorly thought out. Yeah, it's or if mm-hmm. thought out at all. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, so <laughs> it it, that that's almost wacky. thrown in as as the explanation. But still, it's a. It's one of those half-assed explanations that you can sort of go, okay, whatever. I need that to work, but if you if you put more than two seconds of <laughs> scrutiny on it, it's like, what? What? What do you mean? <laughs> now that the enemies have been routed, who routed their enemies? It's not Han Solo. He's inside. He, you know, he's just sitting on top of the sandcrawler, and it's, you know, the Jawas are running away. It, it doesn't make any sense.
0: No, it really doesn't. But you know, it overall, even with those criticisms, it's it's not that it's a bad issue. I did enjoy it. Uh, just it, it wasn't the simple, clean fun I remembered it to be. The the story has some real problems, but it is good to see Han back. I I do enjoy the art, and uh, hey, come on, anytime I get Boba Fett, uh, that's always a plus. So I did. I enjoyed it, and uh, and I think we're headed to some interesting places from here. I was trying to remember what the next issue is. It just says next issue, and the title is. Uh, it just says diplomacy, and I think this had something to do with Leia struggling to decide whether she was going to be, you know, try to go back to being like a senator, diplomat type of thing, or whether she was going to continue to be like a warrior, you know, war, just like Star Warrior type of thing, something like that. But that that's about as all. If it's the story I'm thinking, that's all I can really remember about it. I can't remember if it was good or not. So we'll find out next time, I guess. Yep. But that's all I got on this one. That's
1: about all I got, too.
0: You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Anytime you plan to visit amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the amazon.com link located on our website, www2 2 True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling, and it really helps us out. So please, use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our website at two true freaks. com. Two true freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E F R E A K
1: S. Libsyn is spelled L I B S Y N. You can email two true freaks directly at two true at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com.
0: The second Monday of every month at two dot dot com.